Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. We are coming to you live from the Rocky Mountain chapter of the FMCA's gathering here in Pima County Fairgrounds in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> wait, that's not how you say that. Tucson, Arizona. That's, wait, there are two of them? Yeah, Tucson's. Oh, man. What do you know about that? Hey, I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. Yes, we are. You know, you listen to or read or watch whatever your preferred way of as they say, consuming content is. And there's so much discussion nowadays about crowded campgrounds. And indeed, campgrounds are crowded. Sure. But we're on the road. We've been on the road for two months now or so. A while. Six weeks, maybe? Something like that. <laughs> and we have, again, yet to have an issue making any reservations or finding a place to stay. Yeah. We have used... Peggy is the primary reservations maker. <laughs> and she has used Hip Camp, Boondockers yep. Welcome, Harvest Hosts, KOAs, Private Campgrounds, yep. National Forests. Yep. All those things. And we have Mark Cap from Campground Views coming up in a little while. But something that he has said over and over is make a list of several choices when you're going anywhere. Yeah. And he's never had to go past like a second or third choice. And Mark travels in a big I think like a 43-foot fifth wheel. Right, 40-something. And he doesn't make his reservations until the morning of his arrival. They yeah. decide on the day of where they're headed, and that's who they start calling. Yeah, and Mark is probably the recognized campground expert among all of us. And he speaks directly to tons and tons and tons of campground owners and managers and all of that. So... The man knows what he's talking about. Yeah, so don't be scared. Just get out there. Start looking for a place to stay. Now, again, we don't stay in national parks. If we want to go to a national park, we stay near national parks. Typically, yeah. And we don't necessarily go to the national parks that are the most crowded. Right. We also look for less crowded national parks. And we're going to... Boy, you're going to hear about a place a little later in this yeah. episode that... I mean, it. You know, we went to the Grand Canyon, and that was terrific. As as it is, the Grand Canyon sure, is course. amazing. But you know, a lot of times, if you just look outside the top forty, as it were, right? Um, going back to the music days, <laughs> you can really get more value. A lot of times, get as good or better an experience. I mean, who likes to fight crowds anyway? That's right. that's kind of a bummer. So anyway, that's our, let me put this soapbox back. <laughs> and then right after this, we will hear from Mark Kep. 
We love being part of the largest club of RVers with events, rallies, tours, resources, and more. And you can be too. That's the FMCA, and it's not just for motorhomes anymore. Now any RVer can join the FMCA and enjoy their fantastic benefits. Yeah, like chapters where people of common interest gather and go on outings and adventures together. It's a great way to meet other RVers who share your interest or location. But there are other great resources too, like a beautiful magazine, forums, videos, tutorials, and so much more. And don't forget the incredible programs like Medical Assist, where the FMCA is there for you in the event of a medical emergency on the road. Yes, and we signed up for the FMCA's Roadside Assistance, which specializes in RVs and offers towing to the nearest qualified repair facility, no matter how many miles away it is. It's a great optional program that's been part of the FMCA for years. Plus, of course, we've got a good deal for you. New members can save $10 on an FMCA membership. We've got the details and more information on this terrific organization on our discounts and deals page at StresslessCamping.com. Join us and other RV enthusiasts at an upcoming rally or gathering and save money in the process. Now Now that's that's Stressless Camping. We have the distinct pleasure of having now our most frequent guest on the podcast, Mark Kep from Campground Views. Welcome back again, Mark. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm either frequent because I'm good or I'm frequent because we're doing something unique. And either way, I appreciate your time. Well, I think both. You are uh, frequent because you're good, and also we really like what you're doing. And there are some big updates to Campground Views, so I'd like to share with our audience what those are. Yeah, thank you. And and last time we spoke, we had launched the new 360 Campground Virtual Tours, and that's the technology that lets you go and virtually tour a campground, look around like Google Street View, but then also click on the sites to see what number you're looking at and see if that site's available and actually click it to go book it. It's really, it's, it's what we all wanted. And that's actually been the number one feedback we get from people, from campers. And, and usually once a week, I'll get an email from somebody saying, hey, I thought of this. I always wondered when somebody was going to finally do it. You know, And so that's been the feedback we've been getting. And on our end, it's easier than it, it, it's it's harder than it looks. I, I think I should say it's not easier. It's it's much harder than it looks. What we're trying to do, we've talked in the past about the industry, and it's um, a very fragmented industry. There's a whole bunch of reservation engines, a whole bunch of different owners and operators of campgrounds, and trying to bring all that into one place is some big work. And so our first step was to go out and capture the easy one. <laughs> there was air quotes. You didn't see that. There was air quotes on that, but the easy one, and that's the recreation.gov properties. We are now, we now have 550 campgrounds that are live with the virtual tours as of this moment. And we have another 450 or so in the pipeline to bring live. So by the end of this year, we should have about 1,000 recreation.gov properties that people can go virtually tour. And it can't be understated that with those, what you can do is go to Campground Views and look at those campgrounds, drive around like you're in Google Street View. So if you prefer a fire pit or you have a larger rig or whatever your requirements are, you can actually see the campground and kind of click around and just like Google Street Views, drag the image so you can get a better angle and such. That's just super cool. Yeah, people love it. I mean, it, and it's it, it does solve the problem we all have is if, you know, it's easy to go camping at places that you know, because you've already picked out the sites, you already have a feel for it. But a lot of campers, you know, you want to try their new places out. And the information that's out there is just not there. It's difficult to figure out what you're getting into. And so these visual tours 
completely unlock new experiences for campers, allow them to discover new campgrounds, and also then go into those campgrounds with a lot more confidence. You know, pulling down that road, you're not going to get stuck at a dead end unless you want to get stuck at a dead end, but you now have that choice and can get the information ahead of time. That's cool. Or I've seen where you see where the sewer dump is, and there's no way it's going to work with your rig because, you know, they put the sewer dump in an odd place or the power pole, you know, you can determine that, yeah, I can put my slide out and not hit that power pole or whatever <laughs> the criteria are. It's a great way to navigate past any challenges or just, wow, you know, I love the tree shade or whatever it happens to be. It's a, it's a great way to see where you're going. I, I, I believe I've heard that phrase before. <laughs> yeah, I think it's on our homepage. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where our goal is to get all 18,000 campgrounds that you can go overnight camp in, in this experience. So we're at we're at 550. So we, we figure we should get there in about a month or two. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, don't quote me on that one. That'll, that'll get me in trouble. No, it's going to be it's going to be a while before we get there. But we're actually now that we've got some momentum going and, and the truth is it's more on the member side. So people can join to get access to these. That's how we're, you know, so we don't have any outside investors or, or big money backers. We built this thing as campers for campers. And so the way people gain access is they pay a membership fee. And what's cool about what's going on now is we're nearing a thousand members that are paying for the experience. And it's, it's several thousand. We're at like, I think 10,000 people have actually used the experience now. So lots of people are now experiencing this and they're all saying the same thing. This is pretty amazing. Assuming that their internet connection works. Otherwise they say, hey, this system sucks. It doesn't work at all. Well, that's because you're, that's you're on a dial still you need to get something a little faster than dial up but the feedback in that's starting to spill over into the campground owners and the reservation systems where they're starting to pay attention to hey maybe these folks at campground views actually have something that's pretty useful we should probably work with them and so we're starting to get those coming on board now i am hoping that the industry campground owners will see the value here and finally upgrade to a digital reservation system well, you know, if anything, this last year with all the new campers in, in the market has really, I mean, like the owners know they need to do these online reservations and, and for our technology to be added on top of it. I mean, it's actually an easy sell for the owners because it does two things. One, it massively increases the amount of online reservations they get. And because of that, it significantly drops the inbound calls that they're getting. They don't have to spend all day on the phone or returning voicemails because people now can get the information they need to be able to book the site by themselves online. And it's just a game changer for the entire camping experience. Right. I mean, it actually will allow a campground owner to offer better service to their campers in that they can face-to-face -face with the people who are there checking in and answer those questions. But in the meantime, if you're on the road, you can look and go, oh, I'm using campground views. I can see, oh, that's the site I want. Oh, it's available. Bam, book right on the spot. So how would a campground get on campground views? They would simply go to campgroundviews.com forward slash easier dash bookings and fill out the form and, and we'll, we'll hook them up. We're actively filming parks now. We're actually pretty close. We just delivered our first production to a private park for review and they're reviewing that now. And that'll probably be going live here in the next week or two. And that's a traditional RV park, paved roads, concrete sites. It's River Run RV Park over in Bakersfield, California will be the first one to go live. It really is. It's funny because I've stayed at the park a number of times. It's a 
beautiful location, well run, a family operated business. And I looked at this tour because we worked with them before and I was just like, it brings such satisfaction because I know that campground so well and to see the tour and, and the fact that it takes you there and lets you see the sites. And it's just like, it's very satisfying to see what was once a dream actually in reality helping people. That is so cool. And is there a cost to the parks? Yeah. And the difference with the parks versus us is when the parks do the videos, they become you know free to use. So the parks pay an upfront filming fee and then they pay an ongoing hosting fee. So we've built the entire technological platform to host these things. So we charge a hosting fee to cover our, our costs to deliver those videos. There's a bandwidth charge and stuff like that. It's nominal, you know, from a business standpoint for the campground owners and just, you know, for some of your listeners who are not campground owners, you may not realize it, but a lot of these campgrounds are really big business. They make very good money. And we've had parks that have measured and and earned $150,000 more in a single year simply by having these tours on their sites. That doesn't surprise me, but that's a pretty astounding figure. So it's a great business model for them, but as a camper, Again, it's just such a terrific program you've put together. And I, I can't encourage any RV park more than I do now to jump aboard and get part of this system. Do yourself a favor and your guests. Thank you for that. And, and in the end, I was actually talking to a campground owner this morning about it, and he was asking, well, why'd you build this? Is it to, you know, are you going to build, are you guys going to eventually build a reservation engine? And I was like, no. I said, the whole reason we built this is that we're campers and we know that campers experience trying to find campgrounds is difficult. And that our whole entire purpose is to make it easier for campers, all of us, to go find campsites. And then by doing that, we're helping the campground owners better operate their business. And then we're helping the reservation engines to get bookings through their online platform. So we're we're helping all three of those folks that are in that in that, you know, if you want to call it a value chain or, you know, in the in the market operating, we're trying to speed up and simplify that entire process using technology. And then for all of our listeners out there, it's very easy to experience this. Just go to campgroundviews.com. Yep. And then up at the right-hand side, you'll see a button that says join now and you'll land on a page. You'll see you'll see my smiling face and a little introductory video. But if you actually want to try it out, scroll down on that page. There's actually a tour right there and you can experience it for yourself. And then either sign up for the free 24-hour trial or sign up for one of the, the longer-term options. We have everything from a week all the way up to a lifetime right now. And that money that you, you pay to join, it is literally going right into our work. All the money goes back into what we're doing and helps us make this thing happen. Wow. Again, everybody go out and join Campground Views because it'll make a huge difference in in your booking experience. And I'm glad to hear that you're now having the independent parks because you you have all those recreation.gov parks or so many of them. Mm -hmm. So it's good to see you expanding into private parks and RV parks, jump on board. Well, you know, it's funny. So we're also, in addition to River Run RV Park, we will be releasing pretty soon here. They're actually, they just got their first delivery today to review the videos, our first public agency park. So outside of recreation.gov, this is actually a water district located in California that runs some campgrounds. And same reasons, they, they saw the value. They actually, it was intriguing call and it was, it was interesting because they really saw it from the camper's perspective when, when they first saw this and they, they called us and said, we want this. This this is going to help our campers so much. And it's going to make, as a result, make our lives easier. Let's do this. And so we're excited to get that rolling out here pretty soon too. It's a lot, you know, it's, we've been busy. <laughs> yeah. I see you in a lot of places where our paths cross, which makes me happy, but seeing how this is growing and making it better for all of us 
it makes me smile. I appreciate that. Yeah, and we and we appreciate your support. You were the you were the first one actually to pick up the story. Our original interview was on this topic, and um, you know we just keep plugging ahead. The hard part is is that when I tell people I'm going to do something, then I actually have to do it. So <laughs> so these these interviews always get me in a lot of trouble because now we actually have to go do a lot. You know, eighteen thousand parks is a lot to get done. So Tony, by next time I should have a lot more to say, but I don't think I'll be at eighteen thousand quite yet. No, but you know that's the old how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> you know, and um, the summer of 2000, I rode my bike across the country by myself. And people would ask me, how did you ride your bike across the country? And I was like, literally one mile at a time. Because when you get out for that long of a ride, all you look at is the next mile, the next mile, the next mile. Wow. If, you, if you're like, I got to go 300 miles, you'll never get there. It's just too far. <laughs> but a mile, a mile, a mile. Huh, maybe that's what I should do. But I would have to bring some solar panels because I have a, an e-bike. So for oh, that those would be lazier cheating. times, I know, <laughs> <laughs> but when the, you know, you could get like a trailer with the, you know, I wouldn't be unreasonable to have 400 Watts of solar on a trailer. I wonder how long it would take to charge. So I thought it'd be a good idea to tow a trailer with all my gear on it. And I was towing uh-huh. it across Kansas and I was chased by a thunderstorm in the summertime. So with it, it I, and the fastest I could pedal with the trailer was 14. So you would totally be cheating with an electric motor because you'd be cruising along at like 25 with no problem. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not how you win the game. It's if you win the game. <laughs> uh, wait, no, it's not supposed to be that way. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, again, Mark, we really appreciate your taking some time to to share this with our audience again. Wish you continued good fortune and and success with this because it's it's serving us all. So thank you. I appreciate it. And we'll be bringing you more updates as we go along, too. Thank you. All right. Well, look forward to that. Everybody seems to be talking about lithium batteries for their RVs. Of course, they charge faster, last longer, weigh less, and require zero maintenance. Plus, you don't have to replace them every few years. We love Lion Energy's safe lithium batteries, and with their limited lifetime warranty, they're the last batteries you'll have to buy for your RV. Of course, we have a discount for you on our Discounts and Deals page, and you can learn more about why lithium is the way to go. We are surprised by Spiro and Ali Calagridis. We happened to stop on our way to the FMCA convention in Wilcox, Arizona, and ran into Spiro and Ali. I did not realize what all is here in Wilcox, Arizona, and I think you'll be surprised by it too. So, Spiro and Ali, welcome. Welcome. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank Hi. You. So, Wilcox is, for those of you who don't know, because I don't know if a lot of people do, is in southeastern Arizona. And as Tony said, we're on our way to Tucson. And we stopped at this KOA and happened to run into Sparrow and start chatting with him and Allie. And this place is, gun- I, the, yeah. the park and the area, I can't wait to hear more about it. This area is definitely an up and coming area. So I don't know if you guys got any information on Chiricahua National Monument. A very little bit about it. So Chiricahua is actually a beautiful place. We've done quite a bit of Arizona sightseeing, Antelope Canyon, Sedona's Devil Bridge, the Grand Canyon, and not to take anything away from those other places, but Chiricahua goes toe-to-toe with most of them. You know, the Grand Canyon is the Grand Canyon, but Chiricahua is an inactive volcano site 
And when you go to the top of the canyon and see these hoodoos that have been formed over hundreds of thousands of years with massive boulders on them, mm -hmm. it is, it's like you're walking on another planet. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's really, really cool. The first time we had gone, we expected to be wowed. And every time someone comes down here, we're going to Chiricahua. Every time, Nuke, have you been to Chiricahua? It's been put up for national park status. I think I was telling you guys that before. Yeah. Yep. We're hoping it becomes a national park. We'd really love to see it expanded a little bit more, preserved, and just grow overall. They, more explored. They, yeah. yeah. There's about, I think, six or seven hikes. And I'd like to say at least two of them are pet friendly. Yes. So okay. anybody that has pets can come on down. But as he was saying before, when you go, whether you're a hiker or you kind of just are in the area to see some new monument in Arizona, you can take your car all the way up to Masai Point, and that's the overlook. So that's the overlook of from the top of the, the highest peak there, and you can huh. see all of these hoodoos from oh, the top down. Okay. And if you take the Echo Canyon hike, yeah. you hike all the way down and get a different vantage point where you're looking up at these giant, giant monstrosities. <laughs> and it's, it's really beautiful. Okay, for people who don't know, what is a hoodoo? A hoodoo. <laughs> so a hoodoo in my most non-scientific technical term, because that's not who I am, is a rock formation that has been formed by volcanic overflow. So instead of, I would imagine, instead of water kind of eroding the rocks and things like that, it was eroded by lava fall. So you see very rigid details mm -hmm. in these hoodoos. And I will say to touch on that though, I was reading the other day that there was, water did play a little bit of a part in some of that park as well. Okay. Because they had compared some of the flash flooding there to like Antelope Canyon style floods. Kind of like slot canyons mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. But what's, the, the hoodoos are cool. The hoodoos are beautiful. What really mm -hmm. captivates us are these massive boulders that sit on top of them. There's one point balancing rock where you do have this it's almost an suv sized boulder balancing Bigger on a little hoodoo. <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. and you kind of want to set a little gopro camera there because it looks like it's going to fall but you want to see it it's almost if like it's a gonna happen. Like you, you just say it's very windy in wilcox i will give them that it's probably a little windier than chicago in some seasons huh. wow. but when you're up there you're like how did the wind not blow that thing over by now it really does defy the laws of gravity wow. okay that's cool another thing that surprised me about this area that you were talking about and sparrow you have restaurant background in your family Yes, sir. Do both of you? Both of us have it in our experience. He's got it in his family. I've just worked restaurants okay. a long time. <laughs> so between the two of us, I mean, we have both geared towards the restaurant business since we were 16 years old. I mean, it's the business we got into. I had gone to culinary school. My wife was managing multiple yeah. places back in New York City. We love the people interaction. We enjoy that aspect of the business. And... Of course, we love food and cooking, too, so oh, yeah. it just kind of made for right. a beautiful arrangement. So how <laughs> did you get from New York City <laughs> to Wilcox, Arizona, so, of all places? To put it in a fun way, we went down an unusual YouTube rabbit hole of alternative <laughs> living. <laughs> And we stumbled across the whole tiny home hole and, you know, shipping container homes. And we found also Earthship homes. Yes. Okay. So we had liked Arizona because we visited here before, as we said earlier, like Grand Canyon and all the, you know, the bucket list check marks. We had come to do that. And we had searched in 
what parts of Arizona have the most lax building codes because we know like Taos, New Mexico has a bunch of those earth bag homes, okay. but we didn't really ever hear of them outside of there. So we were looking heavily for different areas that would allow us to kind of build something like that. And Cochise County was one of the most friendly for that. Interesting. So okay. we, we just stumbled across this listing. And at the time, the owners of the park, they had just bought it maybe two years prior. And they had started this little cafe for the campers. But the one owner has very, very big goals. And he's a, he's a foodie. And he <laughs> said, I think I want to own a restaurant. And he didn't want it to just be a campground pancake breakfast and maybe a pizza dinner. He wanted to really expand it and also open to the public. So they put out a listing and at that time was when we were in our rabbit hole of all these different ways and lifestyles and different things we could possibly do. And they had a restaurant they wanted to start up in Cochise County at a campground. And we had also just built out a van <laughs> to go on a cross country trip. So and, we were really, And wind really... up in Cochise County. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just like, wow, wow, this place checked all the boxes, like the marks, we should really go take a yeah. peek. And now the other crazy part is that all of this happened and we landed here three weeks before the pandemic happened. Oh, jeez. Oh, so, oh, yeah. As you can imagine, the restaurant industry was not typically a booming industry in that time frame. And sure. somehow, some way, we turned this place into a really, really busy place, so much so that it almost made up for all the campers that weren't camping in that time wow. frame. Wow. You were saying that one of the things with your Greek background, that you have your family's hero recipe here. Yes. Oh, yeah. So... We actually get the gyro meat. We don't make the gyro meat on site. We don't have the rotisserie cone to shave off. We actually get it from a company called Kronos, and it's based out of Astoria, Queens. Okay. Big Greek population. Mm -hmm. It is your traditional lamb and beef mixture shaved off the cone. They flash freeze and they ship it out to us. Mm. Our pita bread. Good quality pita bread. It's not stripped of all its proteins. Mm -hmm. The tzatziki sauce is the family recipe. We use 100% Greek yogurt. We don't thin it out with mayonnaise or sour cream. We, <laughs> we eat here seven days a week because of the job that we do and we sure. wanted to eat real food. The gyro was my family recipe, but even with the burgers and our other products, our burgers and all our beef is grass-fed, no antibiotics, no hormones. Free-range chicken, same concept, no antibiotics, no hormones. Our vegetables we get from our producer. We pay a little bit more, but God forbid there's an E. coli outbreak. Sure. I know instantly. Yep. There is no, should I throw it out? Shouldn't I throw it out? Our breakfast, we still use real butter. We don't cook in that <laughs> genetically modified soy spray stuff. We try to eat real food and serve real food to people. Try to do quality things. That restaurant is right here on property. And I have to say the property is absolutely immaculate. You guys are doing a super job. We're in the spa, that was delightful. Everything is really great here. But something that also surprised me that you talked about, wines in Arizona. Yep. Wilcox in particular grows, I think, 70% of the wine grapes in Arizona. Yep. And right now, this county and this area as a whole is really making a great effort to promote that. And they're getting some good feedback. I mean, we just had a wine festival this past weekend and all of the local vineyards showed up in town and 
we had probably the busiest weekend we could we, we could have imagined in the park, <laughs> awesome. in the town, yeah. in the restaurant. Like everything was alive here. So people are receiving the wine country well. It's one of those things that we didn't expect either because we laughed and we said, well, where do you get the water? Yeah. <laughs> you just don't expect something. You're in the that, desert. Like yeah. the Arizona has a very similar climate to like Greece and the, these, Mediterranean, and the Mediterranean. Okay. So even though there's no water, it's that high desert feel. So I guess they just, you pick the right grape and you got a you gotta right. be a vineyard. Yeah, you, you mentioned a wine varietal that I really like, Malbec. Oh, Coronado Vineyards has a Malbec to die for. They also have a couple, their Pinot Grigio, their Chardonnays are very good. I am a Malbec person. Mm -hmm. I, I lean towards it all the time and we do go. That's where we grab our wine from. Back to the wine growing area here. So what I learned from some of the people is that grapes actually need good soil drainage. Right. If they don't have the drainage, their roots start to rot and it, it destroys the crop. And because we are high desert, we have a lot of sandy soil and the water drains very well here. The grapes grow really well. Yeah. The sun's, it's Arizona, so it's out 300 plus days a year. Yeah. And they are becoming a player in the wine industry. Oh, yeah. We've become the second designated wine growing area in Arizona. Oh, so nice. They're making okay. a little bit of a name for themselves. We have 14 different wineries and tasting rooms, and more are coming to the area. Yeah, and Excellent. they're actually really excited to work with places like the KOA and things along those lines. We've had, I think, three groups now go take a private tour with Aridus Winery, and they have a private crushing room. The so, largest crushing room. And the room largest in crushing Arizona. room. They actually crush for more than just themselves, they make wines right. for other wineries too. So we always like to push people in the direction of if you're interested or if you are a wine connoisseur and you want to learn how it's made, I mean, Aridus is the place that we can reach out to anytime for Absolutely. anyone. Absolutely. So you've That's got awesome. wines, you've got incredible hikes and scenery yeah. and a beautiful place to, to camp. I mean, what more can you ask for? And, and Bluebell ice cream. Well, I cannot forget the ice cream. <laughs> Every time we check into a campground, we're like looking around for the ice yeah. cream. Yeah. Right. You can't forget the Western history too, because that's a big draw. Right, that's yeah. right. There's a couple of museums here mm -hmm. in town. Yes, yep. so we have the Rex Allen Museum and actually the first weekend in October every year is Rex Allen Days. Mm -hmm. Oh. We are working with Cahill Radio, the local radio station that was started by Rex Allen oh. some decades ago yeah. <laughs> to bring a country music festival every single year. Oh, wow. We actually had John Schneider, Janet Jay, Ted DiBiase. Wow. We had a we nice had a showing. We with everybody here. Neat. And, huh. and we had a celebrity stay in our park. Oh. <laughs> John Schneider stayed on site and wow. it was very cool. <laughs> does he RV? Yeah, he does. He does. Wow. Really? Yeah. Hey, Next October. I saw yeah. John Schneider's yeah. albums from when I was a high schooler. Do you really wow. do. bring it and get it signed? <laughs> I do. And he, he was really sweet and he was really, really good with all the people that came here. I mean, he gave them all the time and attention that they wanted, so it wow. was nice. Very really so guy. You hear people talk about celebrities. This man is so down to earth yeah. with who he is and who his fan base is, and he was just happy that everyone was excited to have the meet and greet and have that one-on-one -on -one time that's with so him. cool that's really I... cool there is also the amarin museum and that will walk you through the native american history mm -hmm. in the town 
it's about and for I think th just this whole general area, all of the different tribes and how they had even just migrated here. Like the, I think they all came from Alaska. From yeah, the that, oh, wow. well, that okay. pass yeah. from Russia to Alaska. Yeah. I forget the name; oh, it eludes uh -huh. me right now. But they came down and broke into seven tribes, and they give you the history of these seven tribes. Oh, and, okay. You know, North America has been this place where the history of it hasn't really been discussed much, and they kind of break down the cities that the Mayans had started, the Apaches, and they were agricultural based. They weren't just hunter-gatherers. And the Ameren Museum does a really good job at kind of preserving that side of history for them. And that's roughly a 20-mile drive. It is not he located here in Wilcox. Unfortunately, being a small town, things are a little bit of a drive. Sure. Uh, but even in that drive, that's surrounded by Texas Canyon. And over there, you can kind of see these big, massive boulders from the Dragoon Mountains, which is also really cool if you're into rock okay. climbing or hiking or other things like that. So we had just made a day out of that. We had gone to the Ameren Museum, and then we shot down from there to go down to Bisbee, which is also about a 45-mile yeah. drive, which isn't too bad here in Arizona. Right. And that's where yeah. the Shady Dell is. Yeah, yes. that's right. <laughs> so many times and we were just like we have to go we have to go yeah. and all of those RVs were just awesome like, we would love to stay there yeah. one day right. the, the restaurant wasn't open the day that we went but we've heard that they make some good stuff huh. <laughs> they have neon lights all outside it's mm -hmm. almost like a classic American diner from the 50s that's so cool that's so awesome. really cool they did it right to the era in time and yeah. there's also located in Bisbee Lowell, Arizona, it's one street, and <laughs> they have all classic cars from the oh, 50s. It looks man. like it was trapped in time. The yeah. buildings, the cars, the police station with well, the old they cop were, car that, that whole area had gotten depressed pretty quickly, so it was kind of the, the mines Mine. in the area, which is also something that you can do there. It was the Lavender the lavender Pit. Well, the Lavender Pit and then the Queen Creek Mine Tour yes, is the, the tour. Yes, the Queen Creek Mine Tour is the tour. But the Lavender Pit is something that you can just kind of go and overlook, but you could see that that area was hit really hard. And they say that that was like almost one of those like ghost town things where it was uh -huh. like everyone almost disappeared overnight. Uh, so right. it literally is frozen in that time from that time when they just almost disappeared overnight. <laughs> wow. And then the town of Bisbee was kind of restored by kind of that hippie movement. I don't want it to sound like a bad thing, like, but a lot of artists and people who, who are very into artwork and they, they revitalized the town in the late 70s, early 80s. Right. And now it's this cute little mountain town where they have local art shops and pottery classes and things like that. It is worth going to check out that little town. Amazing food down there. Bisbee Tables is where we ate. Huh. I mean, they have a lot of local breweries down there. Oh. Yeah. Well, you don't have to ask me twice when you so say brewery. So as usual, when we meet awesome people at awesome campgrounds, we find out that we need to stay a week, not a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what we are trying to do here in Wilcox. We, we want to make this place a place where people can come and spend three, four, five days a week, not just a pass-through location on I-10. Right. Because there is a lot of history and culture between the Wild West and the Native American. Warren Earp. Wyatt Earp. 
know, Warren Earp, Warren. his oh. brother, oh. was shot and buried here. So we have oh, Warren yeah. Earp's grave here. Okay. And we, I mean, it was the Wild West here for a really long time. Yeah, as I say, Super. I don't think we mentioned Tombstone, but I mean, Tombstone is that. That's right. That's the Disneyland of the West. Yeah. <laughs> it brings everybody out here. But it's one of those places that, again, is just about 40 minutes outside of here. And you can spend a whole day getting lost in those museums and eating at the food shops and possibly coming home with a nice cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> July 6th, 1900, Warren Earp was shot here in Wilcox. Yep. Uh, All right. Well, there, there you go. go. Now, the story varies. Some people said he was drunk and forgot his gun and started a fight with somebody the wrong way. <laughs> Other people said he was blindsided. You can't really get the yeah. full They didn't have YouTube back then. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Their people weren't taking selfies during the shooting. Hey, watch this. <laughs> and oh. so with the cafe here, on site we've actually been blessed to meet the local community who very good community here I mean good people and we've met the Klump family who's been here for the since the early 1800s and Kathy Klump actually is holding talks down at the museum she does talks on the history of Wilcox because their family has been here for so long wow. through that wild Their family time. is the history of Wilcox. <laughs> exactly. yeah, no, for real. I mean, she's got, she goes and searches for like records and documents, and even in their own home that could have been written by a family member, and you don't know the crazy history that they'll find from that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that is so awesome. So that's the beauty of Cochise County here, is that there really is so much outdoor things to do. Wings over Wilcox, the Chiricahuas, Cochise Stronghold, Fort Bowie, if people did want to spend six months here in Wilcox, we could keep them busy day in and day out yeah. with ATV tours and sightseeing. I mean, it is unreal how great this area is. Wow. What a hidden gem. Yeah. <laughs> well, sounds like we need to come back. For sure. Oh, yeah. This is how it always starts for us. <laughs> and I love it. Well, you... and also because we can't possibly get through the whole menu in one night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spiro and Allie, thank you so much for your time. And we encourage anybody who's passing through to make some time to stay at the Wilcox KOA. It's immaculate. They have a spa tub and a nice pool. The Everything is, is just beautiful here. And you can come and have a great meal and see some great sights. And really great customer service. You guys are really on it, too. Thank you. Tony, Peggy, thank you so much. We're thank so happy guys. we got to like talk with you. And thank you for telling people to come to Wilcox Coaches yeah. yeah, KOA. Thank you for highlighting yeah. this area. Absolutely. Are those not the coolest people? And it was total serendipity that we ran into them. Yeah, this is one of those reservations I made kind of in the middle of just a route because we were on our way to the FMCA event. And so I just needed a you know, couple hours drive and that's where I landed. And what a great landing. Yeah, <laughs> worked I mean, out we, really, we really well. Yeah, we absolutely intend to specifically choose Wilcox Cochise KOA as a destination. And a big part of that is Spiro and Alley. But the whole place was just immaculate, friendly. Everything worked. Right. And I want to see this valley. And I want to see the wineries. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, we are going to update a gadget report that we talked about before, and that is the Jackery 1500. And if you didn't hear about that in the past, what that 
device is, is essentially a big rechargeable battery. And it comes, the 1500 specifically comes with four 100 watt solar panels. And it's a closed system. Jackery plugs plug into the Jackery. You can't go getting aftermarket solar panels and that kind of stuff. And it's not a cheap solution. And as I think I said when I we gave you a review of it in the past, it's fairly pricey and one of the limitations is about 500 cycles on the internal battery, which is not a lot. Right. So if you'll remember, when we introduced the Jackery the first time, it's one of the gadgets that's called a solar generator, right? which would lead me to believe it generates solar power, which yeah. is not what it does. No, it's, it's really just a big battery that can be recharged by solar. So we used it in several ways. So on the Jackery are several groupings of plugs, including USB and USB-C. There are three 120-volt typical Edison plugs. There is a 12-volt like cigarette lighter plug. And so what we used it for, particularly at the Balloon Fiesta, was our primary source of power for the trailer because I did not bring what I usually do, which is our Go Power solar panel with us. Right. We didn't bring solar panels and we didn't bring a generator. Well, we didn't bring our solar panels. We brought the Jackery's. Well, right, right. We didn't bring the Go Power solar panels. Right. So the thing that was neat about... Okay, so let's... Boy, so we had our ad for Lion Energy. Lion Energy lithium batteries are fantastic, but... If you have an older travel trailer, you can't often just drop lithium batteries into place. You will need usually a, tip, a different converter. You may have to do some modifications to how your tow vehicle charges it. So it may be more complicated than just buy lithium batteries. If you have a newer RV, that may not be the case. And of course, lithium batteries are beyond awesome. So what this has enabled us to do is use that Jackery's lithium battery to power our travel trailer and energize the 120 volt plugs, run the microwave, charge up our confusers with the plugs in the trailer and that sort of thing. And I was really impressed with how that all works and how simply it works. And so rather than having to make any changes to the trailer itself, this is just an easy way to accomplish getting solar and lithium to a travel trailer or to an RV. And I will also say that Lion Energy makes several of these solar generators and they have far fewer limitations than the Jackery and use standard plugs and components so they are a far better product but the solar generator was a slick device that really opened up a lot of options with camping because it provides 120 volt ac power to the trailer now another thing if you have a vintage rv or a van build or you know any anything that doesn't necessarily have a current power system with the inverter and all that man something like the jackery or the lion energy solar generator or that kind of thing that would just be the way to go yeah. i mean it's all packaged into one it just simply works and you get your power and i was i think i mentioned i was able to run the air conditioner on our travel trailer with a soft start that we installed for about an hour and a half, which was 
fairly impressive. Lion has a system that lets you add a second battery and that would go even longer. So it's a neat way of looking at power that might not be obvious from the start. And again, since it's sort of a closed system, it, it all works and you don't have to fiddle with, oh, I hope this controller charges that battery, blah, 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 none of that. <laughs> it just, you know, you open the box, plug in the solar panels, bing, bang, boom, you are golden. So we've been very, very happy with it. We were able to, we were seven days in a row off grid. Yeah. And we didn't need anything other than the solar panels recharging the Jackery. Yeah, oh, and one of the things I will say, since it was at the balloon fiesta and there were, you know, a lot of people there. Yeah. I was able to use padlocks and a cable tie to make sure that the Jackery stayed in my possession. Right. So I had that cable tie wrapped around the back bumper and around the handle on the Jackery. And then I used a padlock to hold two each of the solar panels in place. There are four total 100 watt panels and I used a, a padlock on each pair. And that I still have it. <laughs> Which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of a bonus. Yeah. So every week we have a question that we pose on our fun and friendly Facebook group. Sometimes later than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yep. And Marilyn, Oops. thank you for emailing. Yes, indeed. Our email shot down and I couldn't respond to you, but thank you for letting me know that we forgot to post it until kind of late this weekend. But anyway, the, we <laughs> the question this week was what kind of souvenirs do you collect as you're on your travels? And boy, you guys are good tourists. Yeah. You collect postcards, shot glasses, spoons, mugs, patches, snow globes, t-shirts, state stickers, fridge magnets, seashells and sea glass. Because she sells them by the seashore. <laughs> Cookbooks, ornaments, specialty soaps, pins, smashed pennies, and stuffed animals of the animals you've seen in the wild. That's pretty cool. Peggy, that is cool. Peggy is the queen of, well, I wouldn't say that, but Peggy is certainly <laughs> a collector of smashed pennies. Yeah, I figure if I could buy a 51-cent souvenir at every stop and it just takes up the space of an, a penny, it's pretty win-win for me. We have... You know, a small amount of space, and that's all it takes is a small amount, and it's 51 cents pretty much no matter yeah. what. <laughs> it's the souvenir that makes sense. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> now, we do have our share of stickers and magnets, and for a long time in my youth, I collected spoons, and we have thousands of mugs in the house, and I've got souvenir shot glasses. I've kind of collected almost all these things, we do have a tree in our sticks and bricks that has just ornaments of places that we've been. Yep. Unfortunately for Tony, I like to collect things. And <laughs> <laughs> I've collected almost all these things at some time or another. But really good list, you guys. Thank you so much for yeah, answering. Yeah, and you can continue to answer that on our Fun and Friendly Facebook group. Ask questions. Nobody's going to make fun of you for asking any question on any level. We moderate what is 
you know, the comments and things like that to make sure everybody remains polite and friendly and informative. We have a really good base of some very knowledgeable people yes. there. So yeah. don't be shy. Come on over. You'll find a link to it right on our website. We have a new question, and I was kind of premature in posting this. <laughs> Tony did post this the other day, and I said, hey, I wanted that to be the question of the week. So it's already there, and there's already a little bit of answers, but we're going to ask anyway, and we're going to renew that question. And it is, how do you feel about those strings of LED lights underneath RVs. One of the things that a lot of people say about those is they keep away rodents. Have you any factual data to prove or disprove that? Right. That is our question of the week. Again, you can find it on our Fun and Friendly Facebook group. And that group is the Stressless Camping Podcast group on Facebook. Yeah. Hey, by the way, did you know we did a once a week newsletter and it's absolutely free? It is absolutely free. We send out that newsletter once a week. We remind you about the podcast and we have links to stories and videos and other podcasts that are RV friendly that'll help you get the most out of the RV experience. Yep. And of course, we never share your information with anybody. Never, never. That's just uh, so you can get our once a week only newsletter and it's free. Right. So you can sign up when you're on the website at the bottom of pretty much every page. You can find a sign up. And also while you're on the website, you could check out our deals and discounts page. For the best deals on the things you might need for your stressless camping adventure. Of course, we're also in all the social places and you can start at stresslesscamping.com and from there jump off to find us all over the internet. Indeed. And of course, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it too is free. My gosh, and you can get it on just about any podcast app. We always save you a seat around our virtual campfire. And by the way, we'll remind you once again, a review, especially on Apple Podcasts, is so, so very helpful. It helps us. It helps Apple know that we have content that people want to see and it makes Apple want to show us off a little bit more. It just really, really helps and it gets us more listeners and having more listeners gets more guests who want to be part of the podcast. So a a win for you, a win for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, as I said, are here at the FMCA Rocky Mountain Chapter Rally at the Pima County Fairgrounds in Tucson, Arizona. If you're here too, we're given three seminars and come on in and say hi. We really would love to meet you. And yes, yes. With that being said, happy, happy camping. camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!